think he feels the pressure of not winning the Champions League. And I feel I think he feels um the the negative comments that are aimed towards him around that and he is trying to salvage a narrative whereby they are the underdog and they are the ones you should be supported and also where you come away from the season thinking that no Pep and his city team have had a great season I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still I will never be defeated it's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Up Front podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. Yes, it's yet another episode of Two Up Front. We're supposed to be talking about the four. <laughs> the four. The four the United, That United goal, but we're not going to get into that. We'll get into the other stuff. Uh, what's up, everyone? My name is Jay. I'm not by myself. I'm joined by the man who supports the four. What up, Chuck? <laughs> Shots at the beginning of the show. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> nah, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, let's go into other stuff that are important, like uh, Pep firing shots at the whole country basically um in terms of their allegiance apparently to liverpool yes one pep guardiola following manchester city's win 5-0 win against newcastle he came out with a quote that said the people want liverpool to win more than us it's not an issue it's normal maybe they have more supporters all around the world in england maybe more support liverpool than us this by the way was following a question where the reporter asked him that now you've got the three-point lead with three games to go and everyone outside is chanting campione campione do you think you've managed to win um the premier league essentially you know like you're not going to give up the lead this is the answer he gave to the question do you think it's in the back so what do you think is happening here chuck like why why does he say this in that moment what does he mean by these comments i think he was scratching an itch at something maybe he's wanted to say all along and the right question never came. It's like, well, I'll tell you anyway. I think, uh, number one, I think we have to factor in the capitulation in the Champions League. I feel um, that the only thing that they get from this season is the league title, and, and they've been pushed towards the end all the way um, by Liverpool. And I think that is the pressure that Pep is under that, well, it could have been a better season. And Liverpool is, is fighting on, all f- on, on four fronts to get, like, four trophies. And everyone wants Liverpool to do it, it seems. And so, according to him, do everyone you feel is like supporting... That as well? So, do you, do, you, do you agree with him that there is... A support one are Liverpool the most supported team? Like, and is there even from the neutral standpoint? Because we know Liverpool fans obviously will back Liverpool, but from the neutral standpoint, do you think the neutral vote, overwhelmingly so, goes to Liverpool in in the chase for even the Premier League? I think so, man. Um, in terms of how how, if you could say Liverpool is more the working class team in terms of how it was built, the budget that was used to uh, build the actual team, whereas Pep gets all the money that he wants, signs all the players that he wants, and basically comes into setups that are already completed. When you think Bayern Munich, you think Barcelona, and he adds, I mean, not to take away that he's a great coach, but he adds the Pep magic on top. And so when you look at how it's been a long time running for Liverpool to get their first trophy in, what, 30 years, right? And then them pushing them close all along, and then the support for... so. City have been winning stuff, and it's become normal, and everyone is cheering someone else now. And I think that that's what Pep has a problem with, that 
you guys never cheer us. You never come to the party when we are on the verge of winning things. You don't back us when we're playing a Lyon or a, 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 a Real Madrid. You are more vocal about your support for Liverpool against Villarreal or their quest against Tottenham or Liverpool. It's, it's, it's more... It's more vocal, it's more audible, you see it more. And so I think he might have a point, but it's, it's an insignificant point, I think. I mean, what do you do with that? You feel that way, and so what? It's, it's interesting, um, because um, very much to the point that you're making about um, the being knocked out of the Champions League, we know at this point, the thing that Manchester City, the owners, the coach himself, and the players, and, and the fan base, the thing they covered most is the Champions League. Yep. And this is yet another season where they did not win the Champions League and under some 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 amazing scenes. Um, the manner in which they got knocked out was a gut punch for Manchester City. It was amazing for Madrid, those fans, but on the other side of, of, of that equation, there's Pep and Manchester City and the narrative that they've been going for this title over and above the league and whatever else competition that they're in. And well, two minutes to go, they're through to a mm. second consecutive final. And then that is snatched from them. And you hear then the comments that come, right? That once again, it's a, it's, it's a failure by Pep. He hears this. Yeah. Um, he hears this from the fans. He hears this from the media. Whereas when you look uh, at his competitors, there is no scenario other than perhaps Liverpool only coming away from this season with the Carabao Cup where their season might view it as a fail. Even then, I don't think you'll hear things like Liverpool choked or you'll hear things like Klopp is, 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 a, is a fraud. Yeah. Whereas with Pep, he doesn't win the Champions League. Just mm. that. He doesn't win the Champions League. And that is the thing that, that goes around. But, and, and the thing is, post, post the Real Madrid match though, he cut a figure of someone who was well composed. And then here, he capitulated <laughs> because yeah. when you when you when you, when I consider the other press conference that he was in, he was talking a lot, Chuck. And what I think is happening here, Pep is trying to control a narrative. Pep wants his team to be loved because he does not understand the fact that we likely produce the best football and we are consistent, going for a fourth title in five. And essentially, if you look at it, we are the second team in Manchester. Mm. Um, even when you, you compare it to Liverpool, we are the lesser team. We're the smaller team. We don't have as great a history. And he speaks about that. that he says that they've, they've got a great history in Europe. But then he, sh he fires shots at them that in the Premier League, they've only won one in 30 years, which is ridiculous for me because I hate, I hate this notion that the Premier League is viewed as something other than the continuation of top division football in England. Liverpool have 19 titles hmm. you can't just look at the one in the premier league era because then he's comparing it to city who have they're going for the sixth in the premier league era but then if we cast back to entirety of your history or however hundred hundred and whatever years you only have the seven titles hmm. you know compared to double figures of united and arsenal and liverpool but i don't i don't like this from pep because the other things that he was speaking about in, 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 in um, a recent press conference, he talks about the fact that they're down in terms of defenders. And now he says that they're only going to be trying to win the last three games with 13 guys. He also speaks about the fact that the game that is coming up um, on Wednesday, that is the real final they're playing. Now this is the real final because you're not going to be playing a final of the Champions League. <laughs> so I think he feels the pressure of not winning the Champions League. And I feel I think he feels um, the the negative comments that are aimed towards him around that, and he is trying to salvage a narrative whereby they are the underdog and they are the ones who should be supported. And also, 
where you come away from the season thinking that no, Pep and his City team have had a great season. So, do you think? Because I hear you say you don't like the comments. Do you think it's not right for Pe- for Pep to finally push back? Because no one gets. But who's put he pushing back against? The, the 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 narrative and the entire idea that has been formed by the me- media. Because no one gets labeled a, a failure like of all the other top ranked managers, and when when they don't win something, because. I think apart from his first season, Klopp has won. I mean, sorry, Pep has won something every other season, mm. at least one trophy. And even there, there is space to be said that there is a failure in, in some part of the season because when Liverpool don't win the league, it's, it's fine. They tried, they pushed uh, Pep all the way. When when United finished second, uh, Ole is loaded and he wasn't really the guy. And there's always space to criticize Pep. There's always space to criticize Pep's team. And that's why I mean that's why even before the Champions League, it's like, oh, I'm going to overthink it again. I'm going to play 13 players. I'm going to do this sarcastically because it never happens to anyone else. And everyone else gets knocked out because if they weren't, then Liverpool would have, would have five t- uh, titles. Chelsea would have five, but they don't. Uh, between now and the last five years, they only have won it once. And now Pep has got zero with City. But no one gets, no one, no one says those things about those other managers. So. I think he's trying to push back at some point because you guys are never really on my side. I mean, and also I think um, in terms of the support with COVID as well. Remember when they were showing like fans broadcasting, um, streaming from their they were broadcasting pictures of fans who were streaming from their homes onto the stadiums, and they couldn't even fill up that monitor with <laughs> with actual fans. And I think it's it's really just a numbers game, uh, where there are more fa- uh, fans for Liverpool and Chelsea and and, and Arsenal and United. I think people who support City now, um, who uh, m- most of them, not most, I'd say maybe three percent are on the hype train. Ever since the money came, they're on the hype train. Um, you can find uh, long, long, so long, long-lived supporters for Liverpool, Arsenal, and whatnot. Chelsea, the friends of ours who support Chelsea, I don't know that they supported Chelsea before the uh, Bramovich money. Man, that's what they said, but like, I, 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 I don't there's, know. There's either. no record as well, you know. So I think it's, it's a similar picture. So. My question back to you, Jay, is that do you think it's right for him to push back? Because it, it seems to not happen to anyone else but him. Honestly, yes and no. I'll start with a yes. Um, I mean, I've been on social media and one of the, one of the comments that I've, I've seen, um, and it, it's popped up a few times, that City need to fire Pep. And that is overly critical. If a guy is going to be winning his fourth title in, in five years... He, what, do you, what more do you want? Sure, you won the Champions League, right? But... To fire him because he's not won the Champions League. If if like if you look back at Sir Alex Ferguson's career, um, United also won those first seven or six titles in like um, seven years or whatever um, that that is. And United only won their first Champions League under Sir Alex in '99. That was what 13 years into his tenure as as United coach, mm. and that was seven years into the dominance of United. And he only has two. Pep mm-hmm. does have the two. And yes, he's going for the Champions League. So I think in terms of when you look at him as, as someone who is failing, I don't think I would attach that, that term that he's failed. He's failed to win the Champions League, yes. But overall, is his body of work with Manchester City because he's not done the thing that other coaches of coached um, City have failed to do. He's not done the thing that, well, they believed he's the guy who's going to push you over the top. Because, Chuck, if Pep Guardiola is on the market as a coach... Which other coach in the world is, 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 is any team who's looking for a coach going to go for ahead of Pep? Who's going to look at his resume and say, well, we're a big team who's trying to do big things. But that guy over there, Pep Guardiola, mm. has not won a Champions League in, in a decade. He's not the guy we're going to go for. If Pep Guardiola is available, almost every team in the world goes for him. So I think True. on that end, he has a right to say, y'all are ridiculous. Yeah. Right back at you because 
what 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 more do you want he's putting 90 points on the board and there's every the thing that people complain about like a style of play you know exactly mm. what they want to do they don't have quote unquote a traditional striker but they are again this season they've scored the most goals in the premier league so on that on that end yes mm-hmm. the part of no he also needs to recognize that he is the coach of manchester city he has to recognize how Manchester City came about to be a big six team, to be a team that now has expectations of winning the Champions League. It is because they are pumped full of money by 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 backers who don't also necessarily have the best track record um, mm. in terms of like um, human rights efforts and things of that nature. And the nature of football, the fans react to the idea that they are buying their success and Pep Guardiola joins Manchester City in this iteration of Manchester City because of the fact that they have bought their way to the status you mm. know there's no way he coaches Manchester City 15 years ago when they are when they are <laughs> bouncing between the Premier yeah. League and like the championship like Fulham or Norwich there's no way he's he's even looking in their direction in as the coach that he is and he he is someone who joined a front runner and he is great, but he's also a front runner because mm. from, from Barcelona, he goes to the treble winning Bayern Munich. And that brings its own pressures and it also brings its, its own negative comments, you know. And if you're going to be coaching Manchester City, you know what that comes with. Mm. And so at, at, at the point where, yeah, people are not backing you because you are the juggernaut, you are the favorites and people want to pivot and, and, and throw their support behind what they perceive to be the underdog. That is that is a story as old as time. That is, you know that's how it's going to be. As I'm saying, you're not taking some team from the doldrums and then you've transformed them it's into. It's not a Leicester story. It really isn't, yeah. and he knows that. And and seeing that he does know that, man, get off it. Final question: Do you think then this means? Can I just say before you go? Yeah. He was the guy who said they don't have any money to sign any strikers. Remember when they were asking him, and then he <laughs> went and he put in a bit of 150 million for Harry Kane. Signed Grealish as well. In that what same are, window. And what are we supposed to like? Oh man, they're struggling. They only manage only a hundred million pounds for <laughs> Grealish instead of the hundred and fifty for Kane. So there's no sympathy from you. Not on that end. Not on that end. The on the end where like people are saying that um he's 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 failed mm. at Man City. Yeah, on that end, even then it's not sympathy. It's just a to those fans and, and that group of people, chill, you know. But feeling sorry for Pep, no way, Chuck. <laughs> no when he has everything that he has. Like, there's no way. So, what do you think this brings? Say, say we this this is the Pep that we have for the rest of like the new season going forward. Do you think this aids his team that he's more open and he's more candid about about things? That this is how I feel and this is how we play. And you guys are never on us. You know how Mourinho is always on the offensive, um, defending his team all the time, and he was protecting his players all the time. Well, up until like the third year, that's when things turn the other way around and he's criticizing his, his, his dressing room. But do you think this works in favor of City to say, yeah, we've done a lot of things wrong and whatnot, but when we are doing things right, you're never there to, to celebrate with us. But when we're doing things wrong, you're quick to show up there and say, we've failed, we've done this and done that. Does this, does this aid City or do you think it matters at all? I think it might. Um, when you are very good, when, you are, when you're trying to achieve something and your starting position is not one that is just laden with um, privilege. Then you need to find something that is a chip 
on, on, on your shoulder. You need to find something that gives you something to aim for. Mm. And it's hard for a Pep Guardiola team to view themselves as underdogs. And I think maybe he might be thinking around this. This is, this is infamously Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, all the talent in the world and the hardest worker in the world. And he was the world champion and he was very clearly the most dominant basketball player in his time, perhaps of all time. And yet, while he was destroying opponents, he found, he found things so that could motivate him to actually play at a high level. Mm. Then he heard someone say, um, uh, okay, Jordan is dropping 40. He can't drop 50. It's like, okay, I'm going to show you. Yeah. Really, that's is is that is that is that um, a criticism? But you find these things, and I yeah. think I think it might aid them to have this. It's us against the world because they have the trinkets. You know, they've got the championships, and now ugh, what motivation do they need to go win the Champions League? If you come into the season with that idea that everybody's telling you that you can't win the Champions League, I mean, <laughs> in reality, you're one of the like favorite four teams next season again to win the Champions League. But if they adopt the mentality that no one is expecting it of them or everyone is expecting that they're going to choke at some point, then it might, it, might be, it might be for their benefit. And so from the docky, we find the quote, and I took that personally, which is <laughs> yeah. Pep. And Pep went on and it sounds imminent, signed Haaland. And we'll go on to that. They signed Haaland, Chuck. Uh, is this, is, if they win the this, this title and then... They get a striker, adding to them being the highest goal scorers again this season. Is there any chance for anyone? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, if you add the physical specimen that is Haaland um, and how he just motors across the pitch, I mean, he feels like he's built for the Premier League. Eh? I want to say so, but I want to see the competition now against like a Van Dijk, against uh, someone who's physical who actually bump into him and show him that this is a man's game. Um, because all the other leagues are that bit much slower. Because, I mean, apparently what you'd hear from uh, new players who come into the league is that the intensity of the Premier League is m- that much higher than uh, the other leagues in Europe. I'd, I'd agree with you that he's built for it. But the biggest worry for me, um, for everyone else, is that City is already a juggernaut. They're built. They're good. And as you were saying, without a striker, top goal scorers. And if this guy has 20, that for me almost cements the league. Because, I mean, if he's scoring in clutch games, um, the games that they're drawing against Liverpool and he's there on the pitch... Maybe he pops up and gets the winner. Um, the rest of us who are chasing, it's, it's another two-horse race. I, I don't see other people factoring once they add like a Haaland. And if, if, if Pep is signing one or two other players to add to his team, I don't see how the rest of us catch up. Do you think there's a chance that they're tripped up by someone else? I, hate, I hated these news when I saw them. Like I saw, I saw, I saw Fabrizio tweet that. Um, I'm sure that's a doctored image with him wearing the shirt. Uh, yes. But right. it is... It is um, imminent it's something that's going to happen and I didn't expect this um, until very recently and that's because when you heard about Haaland you heard you heard Barcelona you heard Real Madrid um, and I thought um, I, I shared this with you at some point that had Cristiano Ronaldo gone to Manchester City or Harry Kane gone, gone to uh, Manchester City Man United for me, mm. we're going to be front runners for, for Haaland, except for the fact that he was also um, under the management of um, the late Minoraiola. Um, mm. Because you would have had a situation where Chelsea have a striker in Lukaku, you would have had City with either Ronaldo or Harry Kane. Benzema is doing wonders at Real Madrid, so how do you fit him with, with Haaland at the moment? 
um, Barcelona don't have the money mm. and PSG have the front three of Mbappe, Neymar and, 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 and Messi. So where do you fit him in there? Which left a team with enough money with the clout, Manchester United. Yeah. So I feel like it's ironic that now the future of like football, which I put in the hands of Mbappe and Haaland, one half of that now is with Manchester City. So you give, you give a weapon like that to Pep Guardiola and to a team that for a living, they just fashion out chances. To quote Sir Alex Ferguson, they definitely sold a virus to the mob because they're going to decimate the league. It, it, there's, there's no Look, let's have a bit of hope because football's still competitive and unpredictable, but it, it looks very scary. Quick question, though. Do you think they're better off with Haaland than Harry Kane in that city setup? That's, that's yes. You think um, so, yeah. Because the thing with Kane, right, I think depending on who he plays for, Somewhat, you have to figure out how you want to play him because he, he's, he's different for Spurs as he is for England. Mm. Potent for both. Um, and also the fact that like Haaland is, 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 is a young 20-something. He's yeah. like 22, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So you can still very much mold him in the way that you want to mold him as, as Pep Guardiola. You can do so much with him. And what you need from him is not that much in mm. actual fact. You just need him to score goals. And the thing that he does very brilliantly, even in his young career up to this point, he puts the ball in the back of the net. Um, and, and also the fact that you get him at that age and you get him for half the price Harry Kane was going to cost. Because Levy was not going to be budged. And if he, even if he did sell, he was going to sell at that price because there is English tax um, moving between one team and the league to another. Whereas with Haaland, you give him, get him for 75 and the floor is high. Yeah. Like the ceiling we know with Haaland is high. But the floor is high. The chances of him failing are very minuscule because of the price, because of the age, because of what we've seen from the player, mm. even up to this point. You know what I'm secretly, secretly hoping for? That as is tradition, German players struggle when they come to the Premier League for whatever reason. Either they take time to adjust or they're not at their ultimate best as they were in the Bundesliga because Timo Werner was tearing it up. He comes to Chelsea and nothing. It's been two seasons now, nothing. City is different, but I mean, City signed Jack Grealish and they couldn't get a tune out of him, if, if, if I could say that, because they play a completely different style of football to what Jack is used to. I hope he struggles. Um, it'll still be competitive <laughs> at that point. You know? I hope he struggles as well. Yeah, I hope he struggles, because if he hits the ground running, that says a lot about Thomas Tuchel and his ability to use Werner, um, Frank Lampard and his ability to use Werner, because what we saw from Werner was glimpses, that he's running into the spaces, he's, he's, he's hardworking, he's, he's, he's quick. He's got all the tools, but the ball's just not hitting the back of the net for whatever reason. And whenever he is offside, it's a VAR call. So his timing of, of the game as well is still quite good, but there are no goals. Lukaku was tearing it up in Serie A. He comes, there are no goals. So if Haaland can come through at City, and I know they've got different players, a different system altogether, a different coach, and he hits the ground running, we basically have no counter. We're relying on Mo Salah and, and them again to stop them. It's the easiest place to score goals, though. True. Manchester City. Still and in. you hope he struggles. It's hard to see how he does struggle, though. Also because of what you've seen from him. Like, when he was at Salzburg, you would have maybe made the argument that, okay, it's a lower league. But then you see him in the Champions League. You see him do it at Anfield. And you're like, okay, mm. maybe he is a little special. Then he moves on that season to Dortmund and... Yes, um, the, the, the Bundesliga is an easier um, league to score goals in. 
But then he does it. You know, mm. even when he's struggling with injury, when he comes back, he's just the same guy that you last saw when he was on the pitch. That's the only caveat, though. Um, the injuries, because he has had some injuries. Mm. And we know the Premier League is a physical league. Um, and and can you do it in, on a cold night in Stoke? It's no longer <laughs> Stoke. But, like, that is that yeah. is the question, you know? It's, it's Brighton now. But everything I've seen of this kid, like, he is big. He is he is fast like nothing. He he has a leap, like a basketball player, and he is strong. And he has this hunger, and he's got this mentality. When he speaks, he sounds he sounds like a straight up killer. Like yeah, he cares worried, yeah. for nothing but to make you feel pain if you are his opponent, whether on the field or the opposition fans. So, man, it does not look good. It does not look good. I feel like yeah, hoping he doesn't hit the ground <laughs> running is us clutching his straws. True. Because if he if he just goes there and he does a goal a game ratio as he's done for his career, then there's nothing to talk about. There's a little caveat there. Um, if Pep fails to win the Champions League with this guy, I don't know then. Where else does he go? Because he's had the best team in the league the whole time. And he's been adding and adding and adding, adding a Jack Grealish, adding this piece and that piece. If he gets Haaland and they're all fully fit and he still can't prize the Champions League away, then... He can't speak in the media and and and, and say that uh, they are favourites or they are supported or whatever because this is the war chest unveiled. He's he's got everything, and I think at this point, if you can't, you're not going to win it ever again. Uh, ever again, Jack. That's no, a very as, long time. As, no, no, as, as as a pip manager for City. Again, if I go back to Sir Alex, Sir Alex went what nine years mm. between Champions League triumphs and then the last four years of his career managing United, he didn't win anything. So, I mean, Pep has been there, what, six years? But we had Jusung Park, Welbeck, Fletcher. No, it was no, a different, no, it was different no, no, side no, no, altogether. No, no, it was yeah. championship side, but wasn't the best side on paper. All those last four years? You're talking about those last four years? Yeah, like, we, we, like when you compare us to, to European powerhouses, I don't think we, we were but, potent enough. But, but, but in terms aggregated, United had the best team for a 15-year period. Um, even from just before they won the Champions League in '99 to them winning the treble and then going those many years um, with failing mm. in, the, in, in, in the Champions League. And then finally, in 2008, winning it again. I think that's the thing. I, I think this era and maybe social media as well and, and knowing for a fact that Pep Guardiola was brought on to win the Champions League, that's why it feels bigger than what it actually is because there's only one manager who's winning the Champions League every season. You mm. know, um, But... The truth is, the pressure is on that much more with Haaland. And you have to believe they're going to make other signings. And that's the thing. And that's the thing against that you're leveling against Pep. That everyone that you want for this project that you are building, you get them. Whenever you go with a shopping list to, to, to the Abu Dhabi group, they give you every player that you, you, you seek. There's never been an, an off-season where you look at the team and you look at a need or he expresses that they had a need in the team and then they just couldn't sign that player which is why I'm, I'm always always bring up the fact that i hate the fact that he brought up that yeah we you know the coronavirus situation and financial situation we, we don't have money to sign anyone dude we know who your owners are yeah you know? so yeah definitely he has the most pressure of anyone let's not sugarcoat that um he has the most pressure of anyone to deliver the biggest prize so yeah. has to go on and do it he has to go on and do it all right i think let's flip on to change of ownership um, and Chelsea might not, might have to get used to not getting any and everything that they want with this new group. Yes, the Blues 
and and the saga that is the freezing out of Verona Abramovich and the seizing of his asset, which is Chelsea. The sale for Chelsea has gone through and they have been bought by an ownership group led by Todd Bully. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. An American who is a part owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, the baseball team. Also part owner of the Los Angeles Lakers, the basketball team. So, Chuck, first of all, um, this brings the end of the Roman era. Yeah. <clears throat> How do you remember that time? Um, the face that you have to remember in that era is Jose Mourinho and how he just usurped the title from all of us because it was our game at some point. It was United, Arsenal, and we were smooth sailing. And now we're talking about times Now we're here by. sitting on the couch crying about it every other week. <laughs> yeah, because of that one man. I mean, if it was anyone else, um, any other manager, any other owner, any other club would have been able to mount a charge and overcome them. Um, but now they're steadily competing for trophies. And I think in that era, have, not, have they not won the most trophies? Um, are, they, are they behind City? They won 19. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not certain about where they fall on the list. Yeah, but that's a heck of a lot anyway. 19, I mean... That's one trophy every year. We haven't won something in <laughs> a long time. <laughs> you know, um, Mourinho is a face that I remember. Um, I remember us getting smashed 3-0, I think, at Stamford Bridge with Joe Cole scoring the third goal. Th- those things that say it's changed. It's, it's really changed. The tide has turned. Um, them, um, I think they had like a... The Stamford Bridge became a fortress as well. They could consider like incredibly <laughs> low goals. Games without a loss. <laughs> like, like a four-year four four period like I just without came a loss the in the league. You know what I mean? So that, that, just, that just swung things very wildly and differently um, in, 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 the, in the EPL. Um, as well as the fact that they got what they wanted. I mean, they, they ticked just about every box. FA Cup, you can take league, you can take Champions League, you can take... It's been hugely successful. Um, but to answer your question directly, the face of Mourinho. I, I look at that and, I mean, also when Mourinho came back and what he built, and then they've got guys like Conte coming in as well. It's like, when they want to turn it on, um, they've been up and down. Sometimes they finish 10th, but the next season they come in and they take the trophy. It's been topsy-turvy about... You, you, take, you take the down um, if, you're a, if you're a Chelsea fan because next season it goes on up. An incredible trajectory because from 10th to, to lifting it, it, it doesn't happen for us because we go to 6th and then we're not qualifying. Then we go to Champions League and then we go to Europa. Like, they don't cry as much as us for, or, or, or rather as long as we do. We cry for years. If, if a Chelsea fan is having a bad season, it's just that one you season. You can expect that it's going to be different next season. Not for us. And, and how would you remember it or what are the key Chuck, moments? For me, the... The takeover of Roman Abramovich at Stamford Bridge when he bought Chelsea is the most important event in the Premier League era since the Premier League broke away to form um, the top division. Because, as, as you so rightly put it, um, prior, prior to that, um, you'd had an unbroken sequence of either Arsenal or Manchester United winning the title. And yes, um, you had, you'd, you'd have a season where Newcastle were... Were, were close. Mm. You would have a season where Chelsea were close. And you have a season where Liverpool as well um, were were there, there about, but mostly you knew that everyone was fighting for third. And the the issues that you see with like Ligue 1 or Bundesliga, or even with, with, with La Liga until recently when um, Cholo took over at Atletico Madrid, is you don't want leagues where you know that the champion is going to be one particular team or two teams. So when when Abramovich takes over Chelsea, mm. it is, it is, it is, it, it is a tilt of 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 the balance of power in the Premier League, 
because now there's this guy who is going to take on the might of of of, of Manchester United and he's going to take over take on rather the might of Manchester United and he's also going to take on the panache of of of, of Arsene Wenger and, and his Arsenal team and at the time you're thinking man it's pipe dreams you know yeah. and we'd never seen this like um me myself personally never seen that okay they've got a new owner but what exactly is he going to do you know because there wasn't a guy in the Premier League or anywhere for that matter who was pumping his own money into a team and he was going to fund and finance and throw money at this until it became a top team mm. at the very top like upper echelon and he did just that he gets Mourinho um, after Mourinho wins the Champions League with, 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 with Porto and they go and they buy all these players but you don't know if it's going to jail if it's going to work and it does like immediately it Frank Lampard right. who had been at Chelsea suddenly becomes one of the greatest like midfields of all time John Terry coming up from the academy at Chelsea one of the like the greatest center backs in the Premier League era also of all time and when you mention when you mention um the loss by United against Chelsea 3-0 the the game that comes to my mind is the one where i think first game of the season United go to Stamford Bridge they lose 1-0 Adekun Jonsson scores the mm. winner and that signaled that things have changed um, this is not the same old Premier League that you've known. And I've said to you, like, Abramovich set aside, like, his political affiliations and, and, and the thing that led to him having to sell um, the club. Just as an owner, like, my favorite figure in the game, the like, Bonan, because of what you say, there was no, there is no toleration for mediocrity at Chelsea. You're going to win the Champions League. You're going to come next season and, and you're not going, you're not going to be challenging for the title. Thanks for what you did last season. What have you done for me lately? You know, mm, mm. okay, um, we bring back Mourinho and he goes on another tear where he wins um, the, the championship. But then there's issues in the, in the, in the dressing room and results are not what, what they were. Thanks for what you've done for us. You're out of the door. You know, mm. it's a, it, it always was what you are here to do, whether you're a player, whether you're a coach, whether you are in the back room or you are part of the board, you need to make sure that Chelsea are at the very top of the game. You need to make sure that we are winning. Frank Lampard, most recent most recent example. Frank yeah. Lampard takes a team, they cannot make any signings, and he takes them into the Champions League and he's celebrated for that. And then the budget, he's given the budget, they buy all those players and he starts off the season and it's shaky. Frank, who is a legend at Chelsea, <laughs> thanks for what you've done. Yeah. And now we're going to go get someone else. He comes in mid-season, he wins the Champions League. This is what we do at Chelsea. Yeah. And when you come into Chelsea you know these are the expectations and that there was a note there was a tune that was said by the owner i think um what 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 you talk about in terms of when the season began everything was a go i think chelsea is one of the best teams in terms of organizing and getting everything right and having all the tools present to succeed because when you look at recruitment they haven't gotten it wrong very much i mean it's only now and i don't think we'd say it's, they've gotten it wrong with timo werner or harvest there's still years and time to get things right pulisic Ziyech, the they, they look like in, uh, pr proper prospects that you could put your money on. Anyone would have signed those guys, right? But when you look at the cultures that they've been able to have over time, the, your, your Eden Hazard, your DDA Drogba, your Terry's that you mentioned, Lampard, they've, they, in that short, short amount of time, have been able to build a team that not only wins trophies, but they've had cultures. They've been able to fly the English flag high. Um, I think the English people will be happy about that. Uh, now there's Abramovich. like, thanks, for, but bye. Um, but... Roman has, has, has built 
a machine, a very, very efficient machine because when you look at their, their transfer strategies as well. And it's all and, here. Yeah, and, all here, and we look at how they're loading out players as well, making money off of that and meeting, ma- maximizing any and everything that they can. I mean, when you look at the signings of Thiago Silva as well, they, they've always looked for the best. They've never gone for someone like, mm, he's a good squad player, maybe except for Danny Drinkwater. But then he was punished as well. He never played because like, we made a mistake there. We're not going to use you again. We have clubs, Jay. Al is still there. It persists to the guy. Jones is still there. Like Chelsea don't do that. Nah. If you're not good, you're not going to wear a Chelsea shirt. And that is why Chelsea win what they win. We, we, we persist with mediocrity for Lord knows how long. And I don't, I don't understand why. And with that, Jay, when you say the changing of an era... I'm sure when Arsene Wenger and, and the board okayed the, the idea to build the Emirates, like, we're going to uh, build that and we're going to bounce back up. You never did because Chelsea was in the way. We, we, we thought we were going we to keep uh, our hand on the tights, but we never did because Chelsea was in the way. I mean, beyond City, we've gone on a tear in the last couple of seasons. Chelsea has been the main adversary for all of our regimes, for all of our titles. Um, Chelsea has been the main opposition. And you know, Chuck, it's the way how we went about it as well in terms of, yeah, it feels unfair for those who did not um, partake in practices like he did. Mm. And also, if you are a traditionalist um, and you're a gatekeeper, that's what we are as fans, to be very honest, particularly United um, and Arsenal and maybe Liverpool fans at the time, we were gatekeepers. You know, we didn't mm. want to see like the League One in this way. We want you to yeah. build it up traditionally, have guys from the academy, or if you are going into the transfer market, uh, you must be buying... Um, at, at at a competitive price rather than like throwing the market like out of out of kilter mm. you know because he was funding the project from his from his pocket he put over a billion pounds into chelsea and he did not even expect that chelsea should pay that money back chelsea do owe him the billion pounds mm. but his mindset was always that he's looking out for the benefit of this team he's looking for this team to be a great big name in the English game and internationally. And when I say when I say it's it's the most important event that has happened since the breakaway of the league, is because when you look at the la- the landscape now, when you have a Manchester City being what they are, that's because that era is ushered in mm. by Roman Abramovich. Pioneer, yeah, we have we have a big six because even at at, at Tottenham, even though we 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 always um, talk about how stingy Levy is, but Levy has actually invested in that club mm. you know even with when you see with, with, with the stadium and everything that comes with that because it's a very different league when it's just manchester united and arsenal versus oh, it's not even united and Arsenal anymore mm. now there's a city um now liverpool who also got new ownership in that time period now liverpool are, are back yeah. um manchester united you hope they will as well. Um, Arsenal, you hope they will as well. You see what, what, what Spurs are doing. And then you see all around the league, um, you see Newcastle. Mm. Like what's happened with Newcastle is it's the third, not to be controversial, it's the third Reich yeah. of what you first saw being pioneered by Abramovich, seen it now at City. And it, the, the support for the league and the popularity of the EPL, you cannot write that history without including Roman Abramovich's name at the very top of the most important contributors to the league. I don't know if his reputation will ever um, recover from what is happening um, with his ties to Putin, but if it ever does and the Hall of Fame gets to a point where they're inducting um, more than just players and maybe coaches, but um, contributors to the game Mm. in terms of execs and stuff, he has to be there. I think politics might get in the way of that, but I think us as fans, we 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 should we should recognize that. 
And I think what Chelsea had, and I think this is this is going to be like real proving grounds for what appetite that the own, the new owners have, um, what strategy they have, and how much really are they invested in the club. What they had in Roman is that he, he really loved the club. He honestly loved the club, and he wanted to see the club succeed. What we're seeing with these American consortiums and owners is that the clubs, the clubs are one of a couple of other projects, mm-hmm. one of uh, a group of other sporting teams that I own, and you see like the which uh, what are, which which team just won the Super Bowl now? Um, just now. Yeah, is it, is it the LA Lions or something? LA. Oh yes, it's it's oh it's Kronk's team. Kronk's the Rams. Team. The Rams, yes. Well, he can have success back there, but. Arsenal's not, it's not mirrored in terms of what's happening in that side, right? And so his priorities are, are quite split and he doesn't have his sole focus on an Arsenal. Maybe he's got more focus on you know, the, the, the Rams with the new stadium that cost a billion plus and the screen that cost billions. It's like, that's where my heart is, you know? With, with, with Roman Abramovich, there was no question. His heart was at Chelsea, de- developing Chelsea, buying the players, making sure they've got all the infrastructure, the staff, everything was there. It was set in place. Now the test is there because, I mean, on the flip side, the Glazers have not maintained the stadium. The Glazers are taking about 50 mil every other season. That could, that could be what happens to Chelsea. Or it could be what, what, what is in between, you know? People who are just good enough. But what they have with Roman Abramovich, I don't think you can replicate again. And now it's going to be more demanding, more taxing on what the actual players and the manager can actually give off the field because it won't be given to them on a platter that here's the best of what's available. Go and work. I don't think, I don't think you can replicate it, um, yeah. as you say. Um, but I think they may come close um, because when we had this conversation, what's going to happen with Chelsea? I think Chelsea are going to continue. Because they're they um, on a good, good level already. Bec- and one of the reasons is because uh, I'm not quite sure how entirely true it is, but Roman did turn away this bid initially. Um, and I think one of the things that Roman wanted to be insured in the sale of Chelsea, he wanted to make sure that the people who buy Chelsea will invest in the stadium will continue investing in the project. And, and I think the way that it's set up um, with the finances is that um, they've been sold for 4.25 billion pounds, the yeah. richest ever for a sports team. And um, I think part of, part, part of that fee, like that money must go into developing the team. And not only, not only the men's first team, but also like the women's team, which we've Who seen just recently. Flying, yeah. They've won their third um, women's um, Super, League. Super League in a row. So, and all those things, those mm. things were set up under the ownership of Roman Abramovich. And if he was going to part ways with, with Chelsea, even though he was ultimately forced to do so, he was going to ensure that whoever is coming in after him gives to the Chelsea fans as much as they've experienced over the last 20 years. Um, and if he was not getting some form of guarantees that that was going to happen, he was not going to sell to that consortium. So I think Chelsea fans can, should be sad. Obviously, yeah, um, yeah. man. Um, if I if I if 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 I was a Chelsea fan and Roman was like leaving the club, I'd be sad because the you wonder what's it gonna look like going forward. But I think they can be confident that um, the sugar daddy did leave them <laughs> in in somewhat yeah. of a a, a a good position. No, just like Halant, I hope they suffer. I, <laughs> yeah, we need, man. We need a few things. What I for want us. to see I, is that <laughs> yes, the thing that thing that needed to happen at Chelsea, the the meteor to kill off the dinosaurs, mm. is Roman leaving, and now they are so. they are in a place where they are here with Arsenal and United. They must come to our level. <laughs> and we're all fighting to go up. Oh, uh, let's man. let's let's work together. Uh, three heads are better than two. Let's all try to bring Liverpool and City down because if it's just us. It's hard, man. It's uh, hard. Before we close off, Chuck, yeah. um, uh, a little boxing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so Canelo uh, went up uh, division again, a weight loss, went to light heavyweight, went and fought uh, Dimitri Bivol, um, and got beaten uh, via unanimous decision. And the question that I have for you there, Jay, because I think there's going to be a rematch as well, and Canelo is ready, um, Bivol is ready to accept that as well, is that we don't see too many of these um, dream key fights. fights. Yeah, yeah, these key fights. Um, we've been waiting for Spence um, Crawford for a long time. Pacquiao and, and Mayweather happened when they were over the hill, and we, we don't get to see that. Um, in contrast, um, with the UFC, McGregor is one of the best, but he's lost a couple of times. Um, the guys who have beaten McGregor have lost as well, and that's because the best of the best always find and find each other, and they meet in, in the octagon sooner or later. Why doesn't why don't boxing or other boxers have these fights keyed into their contracts or, or under their, their their administration or boxing bodies that they're under that you have to fight this guy? Do you think boxing needs to be run better because it would definitely benefit from having more of these great fights instead of just having these tee up and lay up lay up lay up um, fights that they have? Because what 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 uh, sorry what Tyson criticizes Mayweather about is that of your fifty and O, how many were legit fighters who really could test you? You know, at the peak of the at powers. the peak of your power. So do you think there needs to be a change in boxing so we see more of this, or do you think it's fine as it is? Because as much as they're running from the key fights, they're still making their money. It's like Andre Ward retired without having faced Golovkin. Hmm. And I wanted to see that fight. I really, really wanted to see that Two fight. special talents, yeah. I think it's a simple one, Chuck. Um, the issue is that there's no league in boxing. Hmm. Um, there isn't one body under which they are employees, so to speak. Because if you compare it to the UFC, the UFC have Dana White. Sure. And boxing, as, 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 as a sport, they don't have Dana White. Hmm. If they had something like that, then then you could you 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 couldn't force um, the, these matchups. You know, you think about like in the Premier League, there's no way you're gonna say, well, we don't want to face Manchester City <laughs> um, this we weekend. Could choose, like, yeah, you know, which is what is happening in boxing. Hmm. The other issue, um, which actually I heard Dana White um, speaking about this recently, we've criticized um, um, Dana for not paying UFC fighters as much as they ought. But then he was on a podcast and he was speaking about the fact that. You can't have all those guys being millionaires. Mm. It's it, it it it's not a good business model. You can't have seven hundred and fifty guys, seven hundred and fifty guys under contract, and all of them get as much as what you see. And because what we do is we look at boxing and we project it back to the UFC. That it's a context. Well, yeah. also combat, combat sport, sports. and it's also very popular. Why they're not getting boxing money? And what Dana um says is that, and I think I actually somewhat agree. Boxers are overpaid, mm. and that's also yeah, an that's issue facts. That's facts, because. Yeah. If Chuck Mike Tyson was 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 getting thirty million dollars for a fight thirty years back ago, in the dog. day, dog, that like was just too ago. much money. Now these dudes money. are looking at a hundred million. So if they are supposed to get a hundred million each time they fight, how often are you going to make those fights? They're not going to happen. They're not going to happen very often because what you need to happen is that guys would be willing to to take like a smaller purse. Mm. And then you have these fights um, as much as you have them in, in, in the UFC. Sure, maybe the UFC might be um, a, little, a little cheap, but ultimately, that's why you get to see the fights that you see on as regular basis as you see in the UFC. Until boxing, which is probably never going to happen because too many guys have their fingers in the pie. And too many guys yep. are getting rich off how it's currently run. They're not going to give that up. So unless boxing somehow became a unified league, like a UFC or any other sporting um, code in the world. And unless you could convince those very top guys to take less, this is just going to continue happening. 
So sad. So sad. That's why guys were running and rushing to fight Pacquiao even though he's over the hill because it's a big money fight. So I think they need to fix that. It's not going to happen, but we wish they do so we see more action in the sports of boxing. But I think that wraps it up, Jay. Um, people need to come and come into our podcasting league where we are the current champions and face off with us. <laughs> hey, we don't, we got no issues over here. But anyway, guys, thanks for joining us for yet another episode of Tour Front. Please, um, if you're listening to this on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or Iono, please do follow us on YouTube, like and subscribe on our pages to our front. And if you are watching this, do follow on those streaming sites. Um, you can find us on social media at to our front pod uh, on both Twitter and on Instagram. You can find me at J underscore Zulu. You can find Chuck at Chuck to up from J and Maori. All right, guys, uh, use those ha- use those handles, use those platforms, reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Um, point number one, what do you think of the new ownership at Chelsea? Do you think they can do just as well? Um, what do you make of Pep Guardiola's fighting words um, that they're not supported as much as Liverpool? What do you think of the acquisition of Erling Haaland to Manchester City? Does that mean it's game over for the rest of us? Or do teams still have a fighting chance? And lastly, do you think boxing has credibility left with the way it's cu- currently run? Or do you think it needs to, be come to- it needs to come together and become one league? This is Chuck, and I'm out.